Across the globe, the impacts of COVID are being felt. And I know that here in New Zealand, we're back in lockdown again, and it's impacting our lives. It can constantly swallow our attention, our time. We're caught in a mire of activity. I don't know about you, but here I've got a household of teenagers. Feels like I am an endless meal prep. I see that there are people with small children. You are endlessly tidying the house from all those activities that you're running. It's just so easy for all our time to be swallowed up in activity. But it is a challenging time as well. And really, we've got to ask the question, how are we going to get through these seasons of hardship? How do we endure tough times? How do we find joy and how do we survive? Well, Jesus has given us the ultimate survival guide when we find ourselves in challenging times and difficult times and in tough seasons. He's given us the ability to worship and worship is the way in which we find that worry is displaced and Jesus is put at the center of our lives. You know, God has the whole world in his hands. He's counted every hair on our head. Every day of our life is written about before it came to be. He is in control and worship allows us to trust him. It allows us to surrender our worries and our concerns into his hands and recognize that he will bring us through because he is a good God and he is faithful and he is trustworthy. You know, maybe you feel like me that you're just waiting. There's a sort of an endless feeling like waiting. We're kind of waiting for the world to change again, for things to end. But I want to encourage us that we're not here to wait on the world. We're here to wait on the Lord. And as we wait on the Lord in worship, then we will find that we're no longer waiting. We're no longer worrying, but we're worshiping and finding freedom and joy and everything that he has for his people in his presence. I want to read to you Psalm 103. David went through some really difficult, some really challenging times. And I want to read to you his words because he taught us so many lessons about worship. And in his life, we see an example of what it is when everything is assailed against you, that you lift your gaze to God. He said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The first thing I want to say today is that worship changes the atmosphere. Or as I'd like to say, worship weaponizes space. You see, we actually live in two atmospheres. We live in a natural atmosphere, but we also live in a spiritual atmosphere. The spiritual atmosphere cannot be seen with our natural eyes. And yet there is a real spirit world beyond what we can see. And it impacts the atmosphere and the environment in which we're living. It makes us feel things. It makes us either feel heavy or happy. There is joy when we're living in the right spiritual atmosphere. You know, as people, all of us are actually very sensitive to atmospheres, even if we don't realize it. You know, why is it that you'll pay lots of money to go to a classy restaurant? They have dim lighting and mood music and beautiful tablecloths and, and exactly just the right setting, just the two of you. Why do we pay lots of money to go to that kind of environment? because they have set an atmosphere. They've created an atmosphere for intimacy and connection, 
They've created an atmosphere for romance, a little hard to do in lockdown, right? But the truth is that we like to go to places that have a good atmosphere. And I believe that if we bring worship into our daily lives, then we will be creating an incredible atmosphere in which we can flourish. Where not only our natural atmosphere is going to dictate to us how we feel, but the spiritual atmosphere in our lives can lift us and cause us to rise in faith. You know, we can change the spiritual atmosphere of our lives by what we do. You know, uh, God is everywhere, but he doesn't manifest his presence everywhere. Let me say that again. God is everywhere, but he doesn't manifest his presence everywhere. If we want to bring the presence of God into our surroundings, there is only one way. We do it through worship and through prayer. You know, we can see in the Bible that many times when there was a battle, like a physical battle, or when there was a spiritual battle, when there was heaviness or darkness that was assailed against a person's life, often how that person would fight and change the atmosphere is they would begin to sing a song, they would pick up a musical instrument, they would begin to lift their gaze and sing and bring worship to the Lord. And as they did that, as they brought the presence of God into their life, as they brought the presence of God into their surroundings, atmospheres changed. They were weaponizing space. They were shifting things as the music began to flood their lives, as the sound of worship began to flood their lives. Demons trembled. Demons left the place. There was freedom. There was joy. And there was breakthrough. This is our survival guide from God that we would find a way to worship. We can do that. We can change our atmosphere. Things that we've been doing here is we've been putting praise and worship on, on the stereo. You can put it on while you're cooking. I like to dance around my kitchen to praise and worship. You can have it on if you need to block out all of the disrupt disruptions and distractions that are going on in your world while you're trying to work. Put on your noise canceling headphones or your AirPods and listen to praise and worship. You know, it's amazing how much it can calm one down and de-stress one when you can no longer hear the calamity and the crisis in the background, but instead you can focus on the serenity that Christ can bring. Block out that noise. You know, we can put on our TVs, not just the newscasters, but we can put on YouTube. We can play praise and worship, just have it playing in the background. Hey, Arise Church, we've got some amazing praise and worship that we've just put up on the Arise Worship YouTube channel. Put that on your TV. I'm telling you right now, that'll weaponize space. That'll create a spiritual atmosphere where the manifest presence of God can be where you are. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What's he doing right there? He's telling his soul what to do. A different translation says, You are my soul's celebration. Oh my goodness, you are my soul's celebration. Did somebody say party? I'm up for the party. Okay, okay. Are you telling me that I'm on my own? I'm here with my bubble. I'm just doing my own thing. But you're saying there is a party? Yes, I am. Because Jesus is our soul's celebration. We can have fun. We don't have to just survive. We get to thrive. We get to have an atmosphere that is a party and wherever we are. You know, there is a joy that comes in the atmosphere when we worship. We're not working it up. It just, it just happens. It's just like it just creeps up on you. Before you know it, that grumpiness begins to go and that aggravation and that tiredness 
because you just can't help it. You just, I feel like praising, I feel like dancing, I feel like praising you. I know that's not how it goes and this is why nobody ever lets me sing, but hey, what about get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Okay, get up, get up, get up. Like, don't you just already feel like you're having a party right there in your home? I do. I know that Jesus is my soul's celebration. Some of us, we've got to tell our soul what to do. We've got to start, stop listening to our minds and start letting our spirit dictate to our soul and let our soul dictate to our body that we're not going to be bowed down, but we're going to find a reason to celebrate. Let's get the manifest presence of God right where we are right now. The second thing that we need to know about worship is that worship is our warfare. Worship is our warfare. Worship is a position that we choose. We choose to position ourselves in worship. We choose where to place ourselves. I want to encourage us to position ourselves in the presence of God. Worship is an attitude. It's, it's the way that we see the world. It's a perspective that we hold. We can live with a worshipful attitude, whatever the circumstances are. When we're doing that, we are, again, we are choosing to be led by the spirit, not by the soul. Our mind will want to jump in and tell us what's what, but sometimes we have to let our spirit tell us what's what. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You know, David, he faced opposition and persecution. He faced trying times. He was fleeing from enemies. He was in hiding. Everything that he'd had was stripped away. All of his honor, all of his accolades, all of his glory. He was a man in hiding. But he learned what it was to quiet his mind and say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, in spite of my loss, in spite of my challenge, in spite of the threats against me, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Come on, we can do that too. We can tell our mind how it's going to be. We can tell our mind that this is not, they're not in charge, but our spirit is in charge. And then the mind has to talk to the body. And come on, sometimes your body, it gets moving. David danced with the Lord with all his might. Why? Because his spirit was in charge. He didn't care about looking undignified. He didn't care about how he looked because he understood that God was the most important person. He didn't need to impress anybody else. God was all that mattered. You know, when we begin to live like this, we find what it is to be like David, a man after God's own heart. Worshippers are people after God's own heart, and he manifests his presence when we worship him. You know, when reason and logic say it makes no sense to worship, that is when our worship is the most precious. That is when our worship counts. When you're feeling stressed, worried, afraid, fearful, let's position ourselves in his presence. Let's position ourselves in wonder. Let's position ourselves in worship. Because remember that worship will fight the battle. It's our warfare. It'll fight the battle for peace in our minds. And it will fight the battle to calm our fears. When we come before Jesus, we find the Prince of Peace. And the battle for peace is won. The battle for anxiety is solved because worship is our warfare. In 2013, one of our dear friends, Rick Teal, he went on a big journey. He was battling a flesh-eating disease. I and mean, this is a horrible, horrible disease. And it literally was eating away at his flesh. They'd been having multiple operations and they still couldn't get on top of it. And it had got to the point where the doctors had said to him, if this disease doesn't stop eating away at your flesh anymore, then we're going to have to amputate your leg. Now, obviously, we were praying for him, but Rick 
was in his hospital room and he was watching the online service in his room, just like you're watching right now. And as the online service was filling his room, he felt the Spirit of God speaking to him and he realized he needed to pray and he needed to worship. So he began to worship. He began to pray. He began to lift up the name of Jesus and he began to believe that he would not lose his leg, that there would be healing. The next day, Kelly, uh, his wife, Ivan Wonky and myself went to Rick's hospital room and we gathered around his bed and we again agreed in prayer and began to pray. And as we began to pray, we began to worship. We sang that old refrain, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. And we began to pray that, we began to worship that, we began to declare that, and we began to have faith that Rick would not lose his leg. You know what was absolutely incredible? As the presence of God invaded that room, from the moment that Rick began to pray during the online service, from that moment on, no more flesh was cut away from his leg. All of that flesh-eating virus was gone. He did not have his leg amputated. Come on, somebody give Jesus some praise because worship is our warfare. Psalm 103, he forgives my sins and he heals all my diseases. Come on, he can heal us inside, all our sins, all the unrighteousness, all the struggles. He can heal us on the inside and he can heal us on the outside as we worship him. The third thing today, the third reason that we need to worship is that worship changes us. I think we all agree we need to be changed. There's nothing like lockdown to reveal our flaws and our failings, and I am chief amongst those with flaws and failings coming to the surface. But Psalm 103.5 says, He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Another version says, you've supercharged my life. Oh man, we need that kind of energy when we're in difficult times. We need that kind of refreshing from God. You know, we're not going to find it as much as we want to relax in front of our screens like Netflix and Instagram. We're not going to find that kind of supercharged energy from our screens. We have to lift our eyes from the screen to the unseen realm. And that is where we will find that we rise on wings like eagles. We find the grace, that the love of God that saturates our soul, that changes us. You know, I've been doing a detox while I've been in lockdown. Bad move, I know, because everybody is putting on their incredible cakes and biscuits. Who knew there could be so many amazing cakes and biscuits in the world? Well, I have now seen the vast array in all of you. you are, there are some very good cooks out there. But you know what? At first it was really hard, but I'm actually now feeling energized. And I think the truth is that worship changes us because it's like a spiritual detox. And we actually need to get rid of some things. Maybe we need to get rid of some of the frustrations, some of the anger, some of the resentments, the petty resentments that build up, especially when we're living in close quarters with people. And when we worship, it changes us. It gets rid of some of those things as the presence of God comes around our lives. Look, I know I'm a better person when I've been with Jesus. All of us, we're better when we've been with Jesus. We know that we lay down our burdens and we know his strength and his enabling. You know, I, I found that to be true at a time when I was 17 years old and I heard some really bad news. A friend of mine had tragically died, tragic circumstances, very unexpected. And as I heard this news, I was devastated. But I had a choice. Where would I position myself? 
blame and accusation and grief, blaming God, blaming people? Or would I choose to worship in the face of bad news? I chose to worship and I'm so glad that I did because everything about me changed in that moment. As I began to sing, Jesus, you're the lover of my soul. Jesus, I'll never let you go. As I began to sing those words, my whole life changed. And from that moment on, I realized the fragility of life, the responsibility that I had to live to make each day count. And I realized what really mattered. We're listening to some bad news. We're hearing some bad news. Where will we position ourselves? Will we position ourselves in a place of surrender, of trust, of wonder and of worship? We get to choose and when we do, man, God is everywhere, but God will manifest himself right where we are. His presence is not everywhere, but his presence is where the worshipers are. And as we wait in worship, he'll speak to our hearts and he will change us. I want to tell us some things that worship does for us just really quickly. It rids us of self-focus and self-reliance. It sets us apart. Look, a lot of people don't have what we have. We are God's people. We have our great God to turn to in times of need. Worship is what sets us apart. It means that we know that we're loved by God. We're chosen by God. We're accepted by God. We're approved by God. We stand in that sonship and daughtership, which is a beautiful thing. Worship puts our problems and our troubles into a heavenly perspective. You know, people do say this light and momentary trouble. I don't know about you, but I think Paul was in prison when he wrote that. He was chained up in prison. At least we've got homes to live in and roofs over our heads and food on our tables. But these are light and momentary troubles. That's how we feel when we worship. But we don't feel like that unless we lift our gaze in worship. Worship changes our spiritual clothing, it removes a garment of heaviness, and gives us a garment of praise. So we no longer feel weighed down by the weight of the world. Worship causes us to find rest. You know, there is something about just stilling your heart, quieting your mind, meditating on the word of God, letting the songs, and the music and the instruments wash over you. There is something that just brings that peace, that rest, that fulfillment into our lives that doesn't come from anything but worship. As the psalmist said, you supercharge me, I'll rise on wings like eagles. We find energy. It's an energy that's not a false energy. It's an energy that's from the inside out. It's an energy that lifts us. We can find that energy when we worship. We find our purpose, purpose when we don't really know what we're here for. We find inspiration. But most importantly, the most important thing about worship in this time is that it draws us close to Jesus. It brings us close to our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the Lamb that was slain. It brings us close to the one who's given his life for us. You know, when we worship, we're stepping into the presence of God. We're discovering God there. We're stripping away our pretenses. We're letting go of the things that are bothering us. And we just simply come as we are before God. I want to ask you today, will you create an atmosphere of worship. God is everywhere, but his manifest presence is not everywhere. Will you create an atmosphere of worship where the manifest presence of God can be right where you are? Will we today wait on the world or will we wait on God? Will we worry or will we worship? 
Will we live stressed or will we find our strength in God? Christ wants to come close to us. He wants us to hear his voice. He's longing to speak to you. He's longing for you to hear his voice. My sheep know my voice. Those who follow Jesus hear his voice. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Would you in worship and surrender and wonder enter into his presence today? Right now, wherever you are, we're going to take a moment and we're going to worship. Just as we do, before we do, I'm going to pray and then we're going to begin to worship together. It's a moment of free worship. Why? Because worship creates an atmosphere. And I'm believing that even now, wherever you are, you would feel the manifest presence of God as we enter into an atmosphere of worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you would be present among us. May we know your presence. May we feel your spirit. May we sense your nearness. Father, I pray right now that worries would go and wonder would come. Father, I pray that fear would go and faith would fill our hearts. Father, I pray that stress would go and strength would come. Right now, Lord, as we stand, as we worship, as we engage our spirits, we declare there is freedom. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. We proclaim freedom. Come on, let's worship together.